What is going on, everybody? It's your boy Nightmare King. I'm back at it again with another podcast, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> Man, we've had a run in Bitcoin and altcoins. A lot of these altcoins were pumping. Bitcoin is back down to 61k right now. Ethereum's over $3,000 right now. Absolutely unbelievable, folks. We've had some more coins coming to the market. So, folks, I'm not going to waste any more time. We got a lot of things to talk about here as far as Xbox news, Bitcoin, and altcoins. So, let's get into the prices. So, right now, we got Bitcoin at $61,897.93. We have Ethereum, $3,414.66. We have Tether, $0.99. Cents. BNB, $411.44. Solana, $129.13. We have XRP. 62 cents Lido Stake Ether $3,410.59. We have USD 99 cents. Cordano's at 72 cents. Dogecoin 13 cents. Avalanche $43.18. Shiba Inu folks pumped 120% in the last seven days. 21.22 million of one penny. Tron's at 14 cents. Chainlink, $20.96. Polkadot, $9.15. Polygon, $1.10. We have RAP BTC, $61,905.98. Bitcoin Cash, $485.51. We have Uniswap, $12.53. Toncoin, ton, $2.68. Litecoin, $91.68. Internet Computer, $13.48. Dies at $0.99. Cents. Ethereum Classic, $34.29. Filecoin, $9.19. Cosmo Hub, $12. Immutable, $3.29. Leo Token, $4.81. We have Near Protocol, $4.22. Aptos, $11.88. Stacks is at $2.94. Optimism, $4.08. Bitten Soren, $632.92. Chronos, $0.14. Stellar, $0.13. Caspa, $0.16. Cents. Hedera's at $0.11. Cents. Injective, $41.85. VeChains at 4 pennies. OKB, $58.32. First Digital USD, $0.99. Cents. Lido Dow, $3.41. The Graph, $0.32. Cents. Renders at $7.79. Mantle, $0.89. Cents. Uh, Tia is at $16.50. Monero's at $151.12. Arbitron, $2.13. Theta Network, $2.33. Bitcoin Satoshi Vengeance at number 50 at $119.55. Seize at 85 cents. Rockapool E, $3,759.45. Sue's at $1.60. Makers at $2,102.32. Algorand, $0.23. Fetch.ai's at $1.85. That was a huge bet by me, uh, AR is $29.17, QNT is $128.65, Multiverse X, $69.35, Mantle Stake Ether, $3,506.43, we have Beam, $0.03, Flow, $1.16, ThorChain, $5.70, Pepe is at 0.054076 millions of one penny. We have Ave, $114.23.
and dog with a hat is at a dollar sixty-five. Those are your top sixty-six cryptos, ladies and gentlemen. We have over thirteen thousand and two coins. Exchanges nine hundred sixty-three. Market caps at two point four four nine trillion. The BTC's dominance is at forty-nine point six. Ethereum's dominance is at sixteen point seven percent. The Ethereum gas fees are forty-two Goya. And for Bitcoin, transaction fees are eight sats per VByte for low priority. Low priority is 14 sats per VByte. Medium priority is 15 sats per VByte. And high priority is 16 sats per VByte. The average block time is 10.1 minute. So not too bad, folks. Not too bad. We have 126,584 unconfirmed transactions. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Bitcoin and altcoin news. So we're going to kick it off with freaking Galaxy Digital CEO. Mike Novogratz. So Bitcoin set for correction before a continuing upward trend. And I agree with Mike Novogratz 1000%. As Bitcoin surges towards its previous all-time high, industry experts are anticipating correction before the digital asset can continue its upward trajectory. Mike Novogratz, founder of Galaxy Digital, shared his insights with Bloomberg TV suggesting that while Bitcoin has soared past the 60000 mark this week, a correction is likely imminent. Bitcoin enters price discovery phase. I wouldn't be surprised to see some correction, some consolidation, but I'm very loth to pick a Bitcoin high because I really do believe this price discovery stated Novograd, highlighting the ongoing exploration of BTC's true value. He elaborated that a correction could see Bitcoin fall to a mid-50,000 $50,000, but before experiencing another surge to set a new all-time high. The recent price surge fueled by an approval of the spot Bitcoin ETFs in the U.S. have propelled Bitcoin into a price discovery phase, attracting new investors. Novogratz cautioned that the market has become overly frothy with retail investors leveraging their positions to an unsustainable extent. He warned that many investors, particularly millennials and Gen Z traders, could face losses in such a volatility environment. Despite short-term fluctuation, Novogratz remains bullish on Bitcoin's long-term perspective, pointing to the potential influx of baby boomer wealth into the cryptocurrency market. With the baby boomers accounting for approximately $85 trillion in wealth, a small shift of 1% to 3% of their investment into Bitcoin can significantly boast the value of digital assets. 3% of that is $2.5 trillion. The whole market cap of Bitcoin is only a little more than $1.2 trillion, he said. Caution amidst bullish surge. The recent rally saw Bitcoin reaching highs not seen in over two years. Briefly touching 64000 Bitcoin's price is currently at $61,500 according to CoinGecko data. This rally has sparked comparison to Bitcoin's prior all-time peak of almost 69000 in November 2021, causing certain investors to speculate that it might significantly the onset of a fresh bull market for cryptocurrency. However, co-founder of Matrixport, Daniel Yan, recently urged caution amidst the bullish sentiment. Yan warned about being overly optimistic, pointing out that overly optimistic market sentiment and uncertain Macroeconomic factors could increase volatility. 
euphoria. The sentiment of the market has come to a level where I think we should be cautious. Maybe a good time to revisit my pin tweet on the size of potential correction. I think we should see another healthy 15% correction by the end of April, which I would be ecstatic about. Yen also advised investors consider the potential for corrections predicted a retracement of approximately 15% by the end of April. 2024, by the way. Now, ladies and gentlemen, how do I feel about this? I agree with Mike Novogratz. I agree 100%. We will definitely have a pullback. No doubt about it in my mind. I don't think it will be by April. I think it will be by the end of this month. But uh, I do believe we're probably heading back to 45K, maybe 40. Um, the real bearish term would be 35K, but I don't think we'll go that low. But uh, for me, I don't give a damn what the price of Bitcoin is. I'm still dollar cost averaging because I know over these next five years, by 2029, my Satoshi stack will be so fat that I'll be all set. I'll be all set when it comes to the next bear market and the next bull market. So I don't really give a damn personally, but uh, I'm going to stack all through this bull market coming up for the next two years with BTC, dollar cost averaging every week. Um, and we're going to see where I'm at in five years from now, five to ten years from now. Anyway, folks, moving on. Satoshi era mega whale stirs shift a string of 2,000 Vintelanchi Bitcoins in a single block worth $123 million, folks. So around 88 days ago on December 4, 2023, a mysterious mega whale closely watched by on-chain analysis at Bitcoin.com News made waves again by transferring 2,000 ancient Bitcoins from 2010 that was confirmed in a single block. Since March 2020, this NC has relocated a whopping 16,000 Bitcoins that have been dormant since the day they were mined. That is unfucking believable. 123 million worth of Vintelanchi's Bitcoin transferred by Mysterious Megaware from 2010. And folks, this is when I really started getting into Bitcoin. I got into Bitcoin, I'm the class of 2011. So it's pretty crazy to be honest. On March 1st, 2024, the notorious mega whale initially detected on March 11th, 2020, executed transfer of 2,000 Bitcoin from 2010 through approximately 40 separate transactions. Each transaction involved a 50 BTC Coinbase reward originating from the 40 unique pay-to-public-key hash, P2P-KH addresses. The whale last made an appearance on December 5th, 2023. The first 1-20 out of the 40 trans from 2020 caught by BTCPacer.com. These funds were to consolidate into a single pay-to-script hash address. And at the time of this report, the BTC address 3BHSG is in possession of the entire 2000 BTC. Confirmed at a block height of 832 1,648. Those 40 transfer mirrored the whale previous activity with all originating addresses being established in August, September, October, and November 2010. The 21st to 40th transfer from 2010 caught by PTCPayer.com. Each address over 13 years ago saw its first expedition in March 1st, 2024 after sitting dormant in a parallel move. The whale also relocated the 2000 Bitcoin Cash tied to those Bitcoins, directing them to a known address QPQ4U. 
A visual perspective of the 2000 BTC spin for the HolyRoger.com, Bitcoin.com news has caught the same well on 15 different occasions since 2020 on March 11, 2020, October 11, 2020, November 7, November 7, 2020, November 8, 2020, December 27, 2020, January 3rd, 2021, January 10th, 2021, January 25th, 2021. February 28, 2021, March 23, 2021, June 9, 2021, November 10, 2021, November 12, 2021, 12, 4, 2023, and March 1, 2024. When initially acquired, the BTC value stood at approximately $800 before November 2010. But as of today, it is worth, has escalated to $1.23.9 million according to the current exchange rate. This activity by the mega whales marked a significant event in 2024 as expeditioners of, 2020, of 2010, sleeping Bitcoin has become increasingly scarce. Since 2020, Bitcoin.com news with the assist from BTCPacer.com, Blockchain Pacer has tracked this whale across 14 separate incidents. Since then, the total of 16,000 virgin and vigilante BTC moved by this whale is now valued at nearly $991 million. That is unfreaking believable. I can't believe this whale has held this Bitcoin this long. That is unreal. That is unfreaking real. That takes a lot of fucking patience, man. It really does, folks. It really fucking does. But anyway. Moving on to Ethereum. So crypto exchanges lose 908 million Ethereum in a surprising twist. So recent statistics on blockchain knowledge to start up into the block on Ethereum, the second largest cryptocurrency by market value, revealed a surprising reality. Into the block routinely provides Ethereum and Bitcoin network statistic towards the week close, as it did today. According to its tweet, 906 million ETH exit exchanges this week, marking the eighth week of net outflows for the second largest cryptocurrency asset. According to the graphic share toward fees for the Ethereum network increased by 43.56% to $108.3 million. 906 million of ETH left exchanges this week, making it the eighth consecutive week of net outflows for the second largest crypto asset. Ethereum has a significant wave of outflows from exchanges in recent weeks, demonstrating optimism sentiment among investors. This suggests that more ETH is moving out of exchanges than into them, implying that investors are holding onto their coins by moving them to cold storage rather than selling them. Outflows of ETH from exchanges may signal a positive outlook for the price of the cryptocurrency, as it implies lower selling pressure and higher Scarcity. Ethereum has gained 105% in one year, reaching a high of $3,521 on February 29th. ETH price action on February 25th, Ethereum broke above $3,030 resistance, signaling the start of the next leg of the uptrend. The rally gained traction with highs of $3,521 reached in Thursday's trading session. The upward sloping moving average shows that Bulls are in control, but the RSI overbought zone suggests that a slight pullback or consolidation is probable at the time of writing. ETH was down 1.5% in the last 24 hours to $3,447. That being stated, the first indication of weakness will be a break and close below $2,823.
This suggests aggressive profit booking by traders. Eve could then fall to $2,717 and then to the daily MA of $2,617. On the other hand, Eve might target the $4,000 level next if the sustained close above the current $3,521 barrier is achieved. Now, folks, as you can see here, there's a lot of people starting to hodl their coins. There are a lot of people starting to take their Bitcoin and all coins off exchanges, which is absolutely amazing. You could not have scripted this a few years ago. Four years ago, absolutely, this wouldn't have never happened. Five years ago, this wouldn't happen. If you go back to 2017's bull run, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> no one was taking their coins really off exchanges. Um, but, folks... It is good to see people are really learning to take self-custody. It's really good. And I had a feeling it was going to probably start in the altcoin space first before it goes into Bitcoin. But the fact that people are taking their Ethereum off exchange is a beautiful thing to see, even if you don't like Ethereum. But anyway, moving on to Ethereum Layer 2 transaction volume up 91% as adoption soars. So folks, people are using those Layer 2s on Ethereum. So recent data from Into the Block reveals the Ethereum Layer 2 transaction volume has skyrocketed by an impressive 91% since the beginning of the year. This search underscores a growing trend of Ethereum users migrating towards Layer 2 solutions, scaling solutions, drawn by the promise of faster and cheaper transactions compared to Ethereum's mainnet. Surging Ethereum L2 transaction volumes, the data reveals compelling insights into the ecosystem of Ethereum scaling solutions. On March 1st, 2023, transaction volume from Ethereum Layer 2 transactions from both Arbitron and Optimism total approximately $700 million. Fast forward to February 1st, 2024, and this figure surged $2 billion. Transactions from Arbitron, Optimism, and 5 and Base. A contributing factor to this surge for the heightening anticipation around Ethereum's forthcoming Duncan upgrade. This eagerly awaited upgrade is anticipated to revolutionize the Ethereum ecosystem by introducing substantial gas fee reduction, enhanced storage effectiveness, and improved experience for developers. By effectively addressing the long-standing issue of high transaction fees on Ethereum, the Duncan upgrade is set to strengthen the cost effective of rollups, thereby stimulating further adoption. How Layer 2 Networks Work the primary objective of a Layer 2 network is to enhance transaction throughput by achieving higher transactions per second while preserving decentralization and security. These networks achieve this by consolidating multiple off-chain transactions into a single Layer 1 transaction, thereby reducing transaction fees. Uh, consequently, Ethereum becomes more accessible and inclusive for a broader spectrum of users fostering greater participation and innovation within the ecosystem. According to the data from L2B, Ethereum has recorded an average of 14.31 transactions per second in the past 24 hours, with a peak of 22.70 transactions per second on January 14, 2024. This figure emphasized the growing effective and scalability of Layer 2 solutions reaffirming their role into the continued evolution of the Ethereum network. Well, folks, I still will pick Solana over Ethereum, and that's why I have Solana in my digital asset portfolio. 
I am going to add a couple meme coins back as well. It was good to see meme coins did pop again. Um, it always seems like I sell meme coins at the wrong time. It's really weird. But anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get back to these uh, altcoin stories. So let's talk about Fetch.ai. Joins Deutsche Telekom and Butchy to enhance AI and blockchain technology. So in another present move, Fetch.ai has announced a collaborating with Dochi Telecom, Europeans largest tele telecommunication provider, and Boshi, a global leader in technology and services. The partnership marks a significant milestone in the integration of artificial intelligence and blockchain technology, promises to set a new standard for innovation and effective across various industries. Fetch.ai uniting Giants for innovation. Fetch.ai collaboration with Telecom and Bushi is not just a partnership, it's a fusion of strength, expertise, and vision. Dochi Telecom brings to the table its vast infrastructure and deep knowledge in telecommunication with its subsidiary. MMS playing a pivotal role as validates in Fetch.ai's decentralized blockchain network. Ensures the network's integrity, security, and reliability, safeguarding every transaction interaction within the ecosystem. Boshi, known for its legacy, is engineering the innovation as a technological edge to partnership. Their commitment to advance AI and Web3 technology aligns perfectly with Fetch.ai mission, setting the stage for a transformative solutions that can redefine industry services streamline process and enhance security through blockchain technology. The collaboration is a testament to the power of combining expertise from different realms to create something truly innovative. It's about leveraging each other's strength to build a future where technology can seamlessly integrate into every aspect of our lives, making process more effective and secure. The era of autonomous agent. At the heart of the partnership is the deployment of AI-driven autonomous agents designed by Fetch.ai. These agents are poised to revolutionize how resources are managed, transactions are facilitated, and traffic flows are analyzed. The potential applications are vast, ranging from healthcare and autom automotive to supply chain management and digital identification verification. Identity verification, excuse me. Imagine a world where intelligent agents manage the complexity of healthcare logistics, optimize supply chains in real time, and ensure the seamless integration of services across the automotive industry. The vision is not just a dream, but a tangible future that Fetch.ai, Docha, Telecom, and Boshi are working together to realize development of autonomous agents represent a leap towards a more integrated, effective, and secure world. It's a future where AI and blockchain are not just buzzwords, but essential components of our everyday lives, driving innovation and enhancing the way we interact with technology. A visionary journey begins. Partnerships between Fetch.ai Dolce Telecom and Boshi is more than a collaboration. It's a movement towards redefining the potential of AI and blockchain. The joint venture especially highlighted at Boshi Connect Experience, Europeans leading IoT AI hackathon, signifies the beginning of an ambi ambiguous journey to lead the conversation on the future of these technologies. 
The collaboration is a fundamental step for Fetch.ai towards a future where AI and blockchain are at the core of industry innovation. It's about creating an open, dynamic marketplace that bridges users with service in a way never before imagined. With partners like Deutsche Telecom and Boshi, Fetch.ai is not just participating in the evolution of technology, they are at the forefront driving it. The partnership embodies the incredible potential of uniting leading firms with a shared purpose to accelerate the development and application of AI and blockchain for the betterment of society. It's a testament to what can be achieved when innovation, expertise, and vision come together, paving the way for a smarter, more interconnected world. The partnership between Fetch.ai, Docha Telecom, and Boshi marks a significant leap forward in AI and blockchain innovation, promising to revolutionize industries with AI-driven autonomous agents the collaboration aims to enhance effectiveness, security, process streamlining across various sectors, setting a new benchmark for technological integration. It's a visionary step towards a future where technology not only supports but significantly improves our daily lives and socially operations. As the alliance progresses, it embodies the transformative potential of combining expertise across fields to forge a smarter interconnected world and folks i am so happy i got fetch.ai um in my digital portfolio because i read the white paper i thought it could be something amazing i watched videos on it i did hours and hours and hours of study on fetch.ai and i think it could be something special in the future um i'm staking it right now and I'm getting yield on it as well. I'm getting more tokens as well, which is great to add to my bags. Do I think the price is going to blow up? Maybe, maybe not. But at the end of the day, I have front run Wall Street yet again. So it makes me happy. So I'm excited for Fetch.ai. I know people have bitten swords. They made a hell of a lot of money. I know millionaires, billionaires were made from that. Um... There's other AI projects as well that people are making a lot of money with as well. Um, Singularity um, is another one. Um, I know that's going to blow up as well, but I think Fetch.ai can be that third most traded AI freaking token on the AI sex, uh, sector in the crypto space. So I'm very happy to be part with uh, Fetch.ai. But anyway, folks, moving on. So Clone debuts its mainnet on Solana to offer synthetic token trading. So let's get into this, folks. So Rap Crypto Protocol Clone officially launches public mainnet on March 1st, introducing clone markets and clone liquidity platforms aimed at providing highly liquid markets for non-native assets through clone assets. Built on Solana's blockchain, this movement aims to provide a more streamlined, accessible trading experience for users. The launch is a significant step towards clone gold of simplifying the trading of a board a spectrum of non-native tokens on Solana, leveraging the blockchain's high-speed transaction and low transaction fees. With clone mainnet launched on Solana, we're not just enabling trading of non-native tokens. We're envisioning a future where Solana becomes a universal trading platform. Our mission is to make any token tradable without leaving Solana. Expanding our community and unlocking the blockchain's true potential, stated Evan, co-inventor of Clone. 
So long as decentralized finance ecosystem doesn't have a platform for spot trading of non-native token, and that's the gap clone seeks to fill with its uh, CL assets. These are clone versions of existing on-chain assets like wrap tokens hosted on clones protocol designed to offer liquidity providers and traders greater flexibility and effectiveness. Clone market serves as a decentralized trading platform for buying and selling CL assets, while clone liquidity offers a novel common liquidity system for liquidity providers. This system supports leverage, cross-margin liquidity pools with USD coin, USDC, as the sole collateral allowing unparalleled capital effectively and liquidity provision. The introduction of CL assets aims to enhance capital effectively and clone liquidity pools, promising at least twice the capital effectively compared to traditional automated market makers. This approach is expected to facilitate rapid scaling to include a wide range of non-native on-chain assets in a single exchange, improving liquidity and reducing capital requirements for users. Folks, this is going to be a game changer for Solana. And this is where I think if clone succeeds on a Solana blockchain, it's going to wipe Ethereum out. It's going to take that second place of Ethereum because I don't think Ethereum can fix their gas use problem. I really don't. I really, truly don't. I don't think they can fix their gas fee problem. I really don't. And if Clone does work out on Solana, then folks, I made a hell of a bet with Solana. Even though I only have five soul tokens, it doesn't matter. The fact that I'm staking them, I'm getting rewards every week, every single uh, couple of days, it's going to add to my position. And it's in for the long haul. So my digital asset portfolio is pretty set, folks. I'm looking pretty good right now. I'm very happy, and I'm in it for the long haul. So all the coins that I'm in for the long haul is staked. Um, all the coins that I probably will trade during the bull market, this upcoming bull market that's coming up, um, I still got to add a couple of uh, trade cryptos that I will be putting those props into BTC and moving them into cold storage and the Lightning Network. Um, so I can transact on a daily basis because I really don't use bank accounts anymore. But uh, yeah, folks, got a couple meme coins in mind for that. And I'll talk about those in a little bit. But anyway, let's move on to Chainlink. So why Chainlink could be the next crypto to get an ETF? So one analyst has pointed out that the, that the use of Link by ARK Invest to prove its Bitcoin holders may be assigned a new ETF as intimate. <clears throat> How Chainlink could get an ETF. ARK ETF partner, 21 shares, currently holds 693,639 Link tokens. The ETF provider offers these tokens to institutional investors, meaning the company already has a market for a Chainlink ETF. 21 shares is the largest crypto ETF provider in the world, according to ARK CEO Kathy Woods. Moreover, 21 shares integrated Chainlink's proof of reserve to attest to its Bitcoin holdings for the ARK 21 shares Bitcoin ETFs. Eternal data providers are paid with Link to provide accurate data with ARC Bitcoin holders. Therefore, the ETFs of other cryptos can be secured through Link Rewards, creating a new use case for tokens. The new demand has been reflected in the increasing price of Link on February 12, 2024. Link hit a yearly high of $20, while Grayscale Chainlink Trust tracking the price of Link recently hit $125. 
Grayscale, the operator of Trust, was a first mover in the crypto ETF space, launching the first vehicle for institutes to trade Bitcoin in a regulated way. The company has also applied to convert its ETF, its Ethereum Trust, into an ETF. Therefore, it can be the first firm to offer a fund that tracks the price of LINK directly. Grayscale did not respond to a request for information on a possible Chainlink ETF at the time of publication. Uh, tokenization creates demand for LINK. LINK price could increase further as institutions look beyond ETFs to blockchain tokenization. Chainlink CEO recently told Bloomberg that institutions will create a unique token economy after the crypto ETF mania. Banks are basically going to do another wave as uh, securization, but now it's going to be called tokenization. And the mass amount of things that can be tokenized stems from their core business of money, market funds, and interest-bearing assets to the more cutting-edge things like carbon credits, real estate, private equity, tokenization. Chainlink oracles are was that are extensional data feeds that provide real-world data to blockchain infrastructure. In case of tokenized assets, they can ensure that a bank has the required collateral to back up any asset it issues on chain. Each oracle charges a fee denominating link that data requesters may, must pay. The requester can petition one or several oracles to provide prices for their data. A more decentralized option generally ensures a robust, accurate data feed. So there you go, folks. A lot of things with Link, man. Could Chainlink be the next crypto ETF? We will see. I think we'll get a Ethereum ETF before we get a Chainlink ETF. But we'll keep our eye on it, folks. We will keep our eye on it. So moving on to Cordano. So Cordano founder celebrates that 0.85% of Argo supply moving to Cordano. So a recent update from... Rosen Bridge confirms that Cordano ecosystem is attracting capital for Argo blockchain. Argo is a Cordano compa uh, compatible network that enables smart contract applications. The network utilizes the same transaction model as Cordano, meaning dApps and related protocols can run on both platforms. While Cordano and Argo have their respective DeFi ecosystem, the latest update from Rosen shows that investors are moving more from Argo to tap the two. Let me re read that again. The latest update shows that investors are moving more from Argo to tap into the opportunities available on Cardano. Since the launch of Rosenbridge over the past year, analysts from the on-chain protocol show that investors have transferred 624,000 ERG to the Cardano blockchain. For context, the 624,000 ERG coins moved from Argo to Cardano represents 0.85% of the coin circling supply of around 76.6 million coins. Additionally, that amount will be valued at around 1.4 million, with ERG currently trading at $2.24. ERG bridge to Cardano's blockchain has the ticker RSERG and is usable across ADA's-based DeFi protocols. Cordano founder celebrates milestone aimed DeFi growth. Reacting to the latest milestone by Rosenbridge, Cordano's founder Charles Hawkins wrote on X, Welcome home, Argo. Hawkinson obviously hopes that the Argo coins being bridged remains on Cardano for the foreseeable future. 
Meanwhile, the increase of bridging the Argo to Cardano comes at a time when the latter's DeFi ecosystem is thriving. This week, the total value of asset slot on Cardano reached a new high of $438 million, surpassing the previous record set in December, early December. The growth in DeFi reflects a rise in the price of ADA, Cardano's native coin. ADA gained 40% in the past month in a new yearly high in the process. The cryptocurrency may eventually see the widely predicted $1 price if it continues on the same growth trajectory. And I do see a major pullback coming for Cardano as well before it takes off. And last but not least, folks, we got to talk about XRP. So XRP escrow has a role in turning XRP into a global reserve currency. Here we go. This sentiment came from the came from Edward, head of social adoption for XRP Healthcare and the founder of Black Swan Capital. Recently, conducted a live session discussing XRP potentially a global reserve currency. A conversation that gained renewed attention following a recent report by the Crypto Basic. In particular, the report highlighted statements from the CEO of a German venture capital firm who assessed that XRP holds the promise of becoming a global reserve currency for facilitating cross-border payments. Meanwhile, uh, Farina and RJ introduced a new angle to this to the discourse by claiming that XRP tokens locked in escrow could serve the purpose of a reserve currency. The role of escrow XRP. During the conversation, RJ explained that Ripple's decision to lock billions of XRP tokens in escrow aimed to regulate the asset supply. Argo underscored that Ripple monthly release for XRP is a deliberate strategy to ensure a consistent asset supply, enabling a predictable distribution of XRP to enhance liquidity in the market. He argued that the move facilitates smoother transaction and trading activity without causing significant fluctuation in the asset. In his words, by manipulating, by maintaining liquidity, excuse me, Ripple is able to facilitate the smooth functionality of the XRP ecosystem. Furthermore, LJ Highlighting that this approach makes XRP more appealing to investors, traders, and potential partners. Besides, he noted that the concerns around Ripple's escrow release hurting XRP's price performance are misplaced. He urges enthusiasts to look at the broader perspective rather than the short-term price fluctuation. Farina echoing RJ's viewpoint, the further emphasis the significance of XRP token holders held in escrow by Ripple. He addresses the widespread speculation regarding Ripple's potential burning all the XRP in the escrow. Farina dismissed it as impulsive, emphasizing that the escrow tokens have a pivotal function. Expanding on this notion, Farina speculated that if major institutions like the IMF or the Bank of International Summit had acquired a substantial portion of the escrow XRP years ago, it could lead to the conclusion that XRP was always intended to serve as a global reserve currency. Farina pointed out that by definition, a reserve currency is an asset held in substantial amounts by central banks. However, he cautioned that this perspective remains spectacle and lacks uh, factual evidence. So there you go, folks. <laughs> They're really trying to turn XRP into a global reserve currency which I would hate to use personally. I mean, I've used XRP in the past, way in the past, years ago. 
but uh, it is pretty fast. Um, it's pretty easy to read on their blockchain, which is a centralized blockchain, but still, it's very easy to read and trace and track, but yeah, I don't know about using XRP as a global reserve currency, folks. Not for me. But anyway, moving on to Xbox News, and I'll say some final comments, and I'll get the hell out of here. So, Digital Founder tests Xbox and PlayStation Cloud Gaming, and the results are mixed, folks. So, we got some things going on with Cloud Gaming for Xbox and PlayStation. So, like I said, they said... There is an extra twist to this. Not only is the video stream lower quality on Xbox Cloud Gaming Service, but users are being served the Xbox Series S version of each game I tested. Despite confirmation from Microsoft that Xbox Cloud data centers are built on the Xbox Series X silicon. Based on our testing, it stands to reason that today's implementation of Xbox Cloud uses a virtualized Series S running on, on the Series X silicon. This is like to say on the server load for Microsoft, but unfortunately, it does not mean the game don't perform quite as well as on PS5 via cloud streaming. Games like A Plague Tale, Redemption, and Resident Evil 2 ran at around 20 frames per second lower on the Xbox side of things, which isn't ideal. Moving over to Back for Blood for latency test through Xbox comes out the clear winner here with around 40. Milliseconds less of delay than PS5. Controller input latency is one of the biggest issues with cloud gaming right now, so it's no small feat that Xbox has made a much better turnout. All in all, it's a bit of a mixed bag, and the result may appear to favor PlayStation initially. We think that both platforms have their ups and downs, and ideally we like to see both companies improve their cloud gaming services before we ever consider consistently use them. So, folks, uh, both cloud gaming servers right now are not where they need to be, and I wouldn't expect them to be just yet. I don't expect cloud gaming to really, really, really take off until around 2028, uh, 2029, maybe even 2030. Uh, because right now, folks, uh, cloud gaming is not where it needs to be. It's really still in the beta phase. It really is. It's really in the beta phase still. It's not ready for mainstream yet. I mean, I play cloud gaming a lot on my Xbox, but yeah, man, it's it's not there yet. It's not there. It's not ready to go. But anyway, moving on. Do you make use of cloud gaming on Xbox Game Pass? And I would say for me personally, folks, I do. Uh, for you gamers out there, I'm not sure how you feel about cloud gaming. I mean, I'm a big proponent of it. I think it's a fantastic way to game, uh, personally, because you don't have to have a, a console, a console anymore. You don't have to have a console. So you can, uh, go ahead and just, you know, fire up the app, you know, play whatever games on cloud service, you know, as long as you got an internet connection, you're able to game and just have a good time. You know, and I love that. That's why I love cloud gaming. I think it will be way better in the future. But for now, um, every now and then, I would say that I cloud game. But I love it, man. I really, truly love it. And, folks, that's pretty much the end of the show. Um, all these articles will be in the links below. And I also have some Bitcoin Lightning uh, articles as well. will be in the links below as well, folks. So, 
Very interesting stuff going on Lightning as well, folks. Um, it's very beautiful. I love what I'm seeing from Lightning and all the things that are added. Um, Phoenix just added tap assets to their uh, Phoenix wallet, which is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing, folks. Um, a lot of wallets are do a lot of Lightning wallets are doing a lot of great things. Not a lot of non-custodial wallets. That's good to see. Um, so things are being built on Lightning, folks. Lightning's getting better. Um, we're pretty much at the, I would say, DSL stage of Lightning, just like we were at the Internet in the early 2000s. So right now, when it comes to Bitcoin and Lightning, Lightning is really at the DSL stage. Works. It's good. It's better than dial-up. It's better than on-chain. On-chain is pretty much the dial-up of Bitcoin. Um, used to be fast. We used to think 56k modems were fast back in the day. Um, <laughs> but then we got DSL and we realized, wait a minute, this is a lot faster than 56k modems. Who the hell wants, who the hell wants to transact on chain? Um, unless you really, really, really need to use it. Um, or you're at your grandma's house. But anyway. Um, once we get to the fiber optics and the, uh, you know, cable and all that stuff when it comes to Lightning, then I think Lightning will be more widely adopted. But for now, we're at the DSL stage of, of uh, Bitcoin because um, Bitcoin is the Internet of Money, so I'm comparing it to the Internet, how it was built in layers. Um, I am pretty excited for these Layer 2 solutions that are coming. Um, I'm loving using Liquid. I just used Liquid just a little bit a while ago. Um, I do have Luna Classic, folks. I do have Terra um, as well, Terra 2.0 in my portfolio. I have Flare Network. I have Fetch.ai. Um, I have Solana. I have Sue. I have Tezos. I have Tron as well. But I am going to add a couple proof-of-work coins in there, Dogecoin. I'm going to add Folk Inu. Like I said, I'm going to add a couple meme coins. In. I gotta buy uh, Binance Smart Chain. I gotta buy some of that because if Flokino blows up, which I do expect in this next bull run, um, I will be able to uh, move that out because on uh, Atomic Wallet, Flokino's on the Binance Smart Chain. Um, it uses that blockchain to move its meme coin. I wish Flokino had its own chain, but it doesn't. Um, so if it pumps, which I do believe in the next bull run, it will, that Dogecoin will eat millionaires yet again. I truly believe that. What I will do is I will move my profits into a stable coin called UST on the Tron blockchain. I'm moving into Tether. Um, and then right there, I will end up moving those profits out of Tether and I will move them into... 1,000% into Bitcoin, and then I will take my profits, and I will move those into cold storage and into Lightning. So, there you go, folks. I won't take them right away. I'm going to keep them in UST for a while until the next bear market, so I have to keep it for the next two years. But, folks, I am looking to make profit off these meme coins and keep them moving. Don't mean you have to follow my strategy. Always remember, this is not financial advice. Please do your own research when investing in any digital asset. And anyway, folks, I'm going to get the hell out of here. We'll be doing the independent news tonight. 
And it's back to work for me on Monday night, folks. It's going to be interesting. I got a four straight days of work. I have swapped my Friday for Wednesday yet again, and we are ready to rock, baby. I'm ready to roll. But anyway, folks, this is Boy Nightmare Chaos signing off, and I want to let you know this podcast will be available at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Pacific. This is your boy Nightmare Chaos signing off. Have a good one. Peace.